Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, Bill, let me take you to lunch and actually, you know, let me show you the steals. Man, I, if, if I went to lunch with everybody I requested, I'd be fat and broke. Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Real Estate Lab podcast. In this lab, we decode the stories, secrets, and skills of the most brilliant minds in real estate investing, then turn their wisdom into practical advice and knowledge that we can use to boost our income. And now, let's turn it over to our host, V. It's a great day to be alive and to invest in real estate. My name is V Koo, and you're now listening to my show, the Real Estate Lab podcast. How are you doing, my friends? I hope you are doing wonderful, wonderful. It's the week before Thanksgiving. What's your plan for Thanksgiving? I don't know if you are going out to meet with your families anymore because of the COVID environment and, you know, people are not gathering this much nowadays. So I just want to say this. I just want to take this opportunity to say this. I am thankful. I am really, truly thankful for you tuning in and listening to me my show this entire year i started the show back in the end of 2019 around october of 2019 this has been a full year and you if you've been with me since day one i appreciate you thank you very much thank you thank you so what are we going to talk about today today we are going to talk about money My guest today is a lender that can actually make you money. My guest is Billy Brown. He's a successful investor, a syndicator, and commercial lending authority. He's also a candidate for CCIM. Billy actually has a free ebook that you can download and you can get it at billybrown.me. Book is titled "How to Access Existing Equity in Your Rentals and Expand Your Investment Portfolio." It's a very easy read. I think you should be able to learn some very valuable lessons um, from this book. You can also email him, Billy at BillyBrown.me. He's the founder of Capital Group. Billy was also featured on the Real Estate Guys Radio. It's one of the longest-running podcasts out there about real estate. In fact, I think. Two of them, the rustic guys, have been around since 1997, way before my time. And Billy is also a co-author in an Amazon best-selling book called "Success Habits of Super Achievers." You can get it right now on Amazon for next to nothing. That's just a cup of Starbucks, if anything. So Billy and I would talk about multiple things. Talk about his deals, his first. Syndication, going from having no passive income to a five million dollar portfolio, and uh, he also has a an office building that he syndicated、um, in a time where many of us investors are afraid of going into office space. He actually did it, and so we talk about the performance of his portfolio in the midst of the pandemic. I think there are some nuggets in here that you will be able to pick up and appreciate. So, without further ado, let's just jump into the episode with Mr. Billy Brown. Welcome to another episode of the Roasted Lab Podcast. I have Billy Brown here with me. Welcome to the show, Billy. Thanks, V. Like, actually, good to, to talk to you, and actually, good to meet you. It's exciting. Yeah, man. I. I 
love talking to your wife and learn more about what you guys did with your deals. But let me get these questions out first. How exactly do you practice wedge on a laptop? How do you what? I'm, I'm sorry. How do, how do you, how exactly do you have wedge practice on your laptop? Oh, you saw that. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So uh, I've got a side project. That's a whole other conversation, uh, a syndication that uh, came out of a, in my my uh, my painkiller stupor of my surgery of our new uh, new syndication with uh, technology. So uh, my my zooms are um, when I do at night. Uh, we have it set up where we guess you do. Uh, I hit into a net called TrackMan and uh, it has side by side. So I should play virtual golf. Uh, in fact, I've got someone come over here in about an hour to go demonstrate the the technology for our new syndication and, and sell some memberships around it. But uh, it's pretty killer. <laughs> it's so awesome. you're, you're doing a syndication for this software as a yeah. startup? Yeah, as a software. The, the software has been around for, for 14 years, but we're, we're putting together a membership model around it for basically business owners and, you know, dads like me that love golf and, and, uh, 24 seven access. And, you know, you just, you got to get the itch sometime. Uh, you got to go be able to do it. You can't go out and play five hours, even in Nashville. I mean, just, Courses are full around here. I mean, there's no more memberships available, so it's uh, it's crazy. I gotta tell you, when I when I saw it, I'm like, man, this is genius. Is he playing this on the computer, and is a robot playing for him on the field? I'm like, if if you have something like that, that'd be awesome. Like, now you're actually hitting real, you're actually hitting real golf balls and with real clubs, and it just it pops up. Actually, we'll we actually project it as well, so you're actually playing it, just like you see on TV. Um, but then I just had a laptop out, but also this other laptop for the, for the zoom call. So you just, you know, mute, turn your camera off and you're like, just working on your way, just listening in. And like, you got a question, just pop over there real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're sitting there just doing, you know, twinning on your thumbs, sitting back, checking emails. You might as well get a little, a little work in. <laughs> That's, great. That's a great question. Good job. Oh man, it's cool. So now I understand you're a lender, but you're also yeah. an investor yourself. Yeah. Um, you now have an apartment and an office yeah. building in yeah. Wisconsin, correct? Yes, correct. Yep. Right. So, so what's going? Tell me what's what's going on with those projects, and has COVID impacted your business at all? Yeah, fantastic. It, it's a great question. Um, so, everyone's a little bit worried about the 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 apartment because we're a Class C apartment, which is fantastic in most markets. Like, hey, you want to go to Class C's? And stay actually away from offices. Well, guess what? The office is actually doing pretty good because it's a multi-billion-dollar tenant. Um, so they're fine. But the, um, the, the apartment is interesting because just there's so many dynamics there. But the, the, the big thing is we, our property manager let us down. Um, they did pretty good with the construction. We had a, we had the, the funny thing is we, we bought the property about last year. The first day we had it, somebody died. Uh, natural causes, not, not, uh, not anything nefarious. Um, and then the day of the shutdown for COVID, one of ours, like a giant cold front came through in March and, and this is in Kentucky and a guy had his uh, blanket too close to the, the heater, his little space heater, caught everything on fire. So we had 12 people displaced and uh, one burnout unit. Um, so that's getting rented up there. We're fine because we got insurance and all that, but it's just been a, it's just been a mess. So uh, our other uh, partner on the deal is likes the, likes the details and likes the hands-on hand-holding rehab, all that. He's just been, you know, he's very, very sick and tired of dealing with these guys. So we actually fired him, get a new property manager uh, as of October 1st. But uh, the occupancy is actually pretty good. Um, I think we still have five people we need to evict 
out of 81. So overall, pretty good. Actually, the projections are right on mark. Um, for, for right. So, so right now you cannot evict them. Am I correct? Correct. Yep. Right. Okay. So because you're a lender, I, mm-hmm. I want to see what went into your mind when you stress test this property. Uh, salivating. Um, cause it was actually, this is going to be shocking to people. We actually bought on actuals mind blown. Uh, we didn't buy on pro forma. Uh, my, Chris Wooten, if you need to get him on his podcast, he's hilarious, but he's got a great one, a uh, great liner says we don't buy on hopium. Uh, too, many, <laughs> too many investors out there that are buying on, um, you know, Oh, well, if you guys should do all this work, you know, you can actually achieve a valuation that you're going to pay for today. That's called a job. That's not called an investment. Uh, lenders, lenders are like, Hey, lenders, a lender, like, you know, as long as the cash flows right now, we'll lend it on that number. You can bring as much money as you want to, but this is our top number. Uh, with our uh, with this property is actually an eight cap existing, so it was, it was um, you know very well priced. We actually got it below market, um, but it 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 had a lot of turnaround, a lot of uplift that, that needed to happen. But it's going to perform well. Uh, it's just it's going to take some work, and we're getting rewarded for it. That's what you want in an investment property. So I was actually salivating because I knew. I knew as a lender, you know, that's why I got into it. It's like, man, I, all my friends, and this kind of goes back to what your, your next question can be. is like, well, how'd you do it? It's like, I saw all my friends I thought were idiots, you know, buying these multifamily properties and going, God bless, I'm a lender. I know how to do this. Why don't I do one? Uh-huh. Um, so we just put it out there going, I need to step up. And and um, I knew exactly what we needed. It's like it had a bit of eight cap to get to the 10 cap, but it got to be existing C-class. And I was looking for a hundred units. We only hit 81. Mm-hmm. So I failed. Uh, I only got 81 units. But uh, everything else, I t- checked out the box. Um, and we're, yeah. I was trying to close at June 30th of last year, and it, it actually closed July 8th. So Awesome. And, and you have to tell us the story. I, I heard this from your wife. So you have to retell that story for the audience. How did you find the deal and exactly what went on behind the scene? Because I, I, she's on my show. She's on a, an episode a um, few weeks back. But you know, tell your side of the story. <laughs> so I told my wife, we're going to go buy a multifamily. And it's always funny, you know, like you're going to go sign on a multi-million dollar loan. She's like, okay. <laughs> so uh, that was my lover um, because she knows me well enough. We bought a few other properties. The first one we bought, which she's a little bit nervous about, but after that, we're, we're you know, she was fine. I'm like, okay, cool. Let me know what you need. Um, but no, it, it was out of frustration. Um, it wouldn't go, if you guys know uh, Seth Mosley and this meetup here in Nashville called Music and Money, um, Music and Money Investors Group, they got a Facebook page. The video, the, the genesis of this was in February. Uh, Seth taught on four disciplines of execution. And I just kind of came out of a, a season in, in, in uh, November, December, setting goals for, for 2019. And I just, I was like, I want to go do something. I just didn't know really how to do it. I was like, how am I going to go buy this? You know, I'm a lender. I've got some insights. Well, how do you go? I should go do it. So I just raised my hands. Like, I'll be your huckleberry. He's like, you know, run me through this. How do we go do this? And we like, you know, ran it through live on camera. And after I got it done and it basically said, Hey, I've got, I want to go buy an eight cap apartment complex, a hundred units. I'm going to close by June 30th and it's got to get to a 10 cap. And that's what I want. And I knew exactly what I wanted based on the numbers. And so we ran through it. And then I realized that I had like 2000 accountability partners because I was actually presenting three months later. So I knew like for every month I was there because I'm a sponsor of the group, you know, they're going to ask me. So Mm -hmm. like how you did it. So part of my presentation along with the lending was like, okay, you guys want to know how I did. 
And we actually had her contract that uh, three months later. So it was pretty cool. Um, you know, I put myself out there in, in other words, but the, the crazy thing was, I mean, after we did that video, um, in the meetup, it was, it was, I had that oh, crap moment like, oh my gosh, I've got 2000 accountability partners and I'm presenting what I do. So I called my friend who's a CCIM and she has all these contacts and, and, um, multifamily and all that. It's like, Jody, I stepped in it. I really did. It's like, I need your help. I don't know any commercial realtors that are, that are doing this type of stuff. She goes, oh, don't worry. I'll send you my Excel sheet. She had it broken out by who she talked to, who it was, their contact information, what city it was, and what asset class they did. Oh, wow. So again, it goes back to ask. Ask for help. It'd be amazing who's going to help you out. Um, so I got the Excel sheet, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can, you're, I'll take you guys to dinner because it's fantastic. So every day, I just picked out one city that I wanted of the region, mm-hmm. and I picked out five people to go reach out to, and I just said, hey, who's, here's who I am, here's what I'm looking for. I've seen everything online, and you know, what do you got in your back pocket? And got this one in, in uh, Louisville where Allison was living when we were mm-hmm. dating. So I knew the market and long story short, like he just pulled it out and it's like, didn't have to re- negotiate. It was crazy. I wow, mean, well, really? like, you didn't have to negotiate. It's like, this is actually priced fairly, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, okay, cool. Um, it's on, you know, two weeks later we, you know, writing hello eyes for it. So. And, was that at Music and City you you met um what's his name? Robert Holmes over there? Yes, yep. That's where I met him. My very first one. Um very first one, it was uh Robert Helms was speaking. And that's when I decided, you know what? I need to I need to sponsor this group. This is legit. And then that led me to real estate guys, their their first event, which led me to this is my tribe to like I'm gonna sponsor <laughs> that group and then um I'm actually gonna be on the cover of the of a book uh, coming out here very, very soon. And I'm next to Seth Mosley and Robert Helms in the book. And uh, um, is, is it a project with uh, Kyle Wilson? Man, that's that's terrific. Now, I'm talking to Billy Brown. Um, his website is billybrown.me. You got to go check it out. And now in a variety of different podcasts that you've been on, you claim to be the creative lender. Tell us what does that mean? What? when does someone need you, the creative lender? Well, the beautiful thing is you go ask a lender how many investment properties they own. Okay. Yeah. And let's no. listen to, to them. Um, well, a lot of them would say no, but they don't have anything um, because they just do loans. Yeah, they just You do well. and, and another guy in, in my group are the only few that I know actually own properties. Yeah. I actually got into commercial lending because... I want to know where the money was at. And, and I figured that and this kind of, it's going to run full circle in a second. I wanted to know what they wanted to let, they would lend on knowing if I knew that and why I would just go take that formula and go find investment properties, go do it and go like make money. It's like, they've got money. They want to go lend it. Let's just go apply that to what they want. No one really like talked about that. It's like, well, here's a loan program. Here's this. So I'm an investor first. So anytime I, I talk to my clients, it's like, how do we maximize ROI for this project? Tell me the vision of this thing. What are you, how are you doing the raise? How you, you know, you know, what's your value add? What's your, what's your numbers? What's your projection? How long are you going to hold this thing? So we go through the investment side first, and then I translate that back to commercial lending. And then because I'm an independent broker, I know where to go take all that, find how to maximize the profit, and then you go match that with the right lender. So we reverse engineer the lending process versus, oh, you got to, you want to go buy this. Here's our loan. 
here's our terms. What the hell does that do? That doesn't mm-hmm. add any value to your client. Right. You know, what we want to do is we want to maximize profitability for our clients. I mean, my, my desire for every project as possible is like infinite returns. Like how do you go get <laughs> right, right. that going, Oh my gosh, I see it. I get excited with the clients going, Oh yeah. If you get your offerings, I got a database of folks to send out to if it's five or six C. Um, be ha- I mean, I just, I was, I jokingly said, like, I'm the winner that actually is going to make you money. And it's like, you know, that's actually a pretty good tagline. Because <laughs> <So, laughs> you know, I actually do, you know, it's like, you know, what it comes down to it. It's like, between all the stuff we do is like, and plus actually bringing in some capital for folks, like that's what we do. So uh, that's how we're different, V, uh, is, you know, the experience as investors. Um, my, uh, one of my, actually my mother loan partner is Tammy Thrasher Mitchell. She's a syndicator herself, probably $100 million producer in, in, uh, in real estate down in Texas. She's also an author and, and a coach. And so just be able to be creative. Um, you know, people need to be able to, get creative with their investments and they know how to apply that to investing. But I tell people, it goes back to uh, coach John Wooden's like, you gotta do, you gotta know the fundamentals before you be creative. You have to know that you have to know what the fundamentals are of lending and the fundamentals of investing before you actually get creative. Once you know that box, sky's the limit. You know, you know what yep. probability is. Yeah, exactly. And, and real estate is really the fundamental in real estate investing is, is really important. Forget about buying courses and chasing after, you know, this one guy came out with the flips. This one guy come out with uh, apartment buying storage, you know, all kind of courses, but it all boils down to the fundamentals never change. No fundamentals don't change. You know, you don't buy a hopium. <laughs> to me, it's all about like, what is it? If you're an investment, passive investment, you're going to, it's going to produce cash for you. You're putting money in, it's going to produce money back out. What is that return? What does it look like right now? What does it look like in the future? And that comes down to figure out the net operating income. If you know that, it can know how to get that calculation. That covers your debt, that covers your leverage. Everything else just unfolds like dominoes. It's not yep. difficult the difficulty is actually finding the truth when you're looking at the, at the properties and the, and the, and the brokers. Um, that's why you pull your head out and go, Oh my gosh, these guys, like, Oh, the crap is this. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's, that's with experience as a lender. I'm sure when you do your financial due diligence, you will you know, pull out something. If, if they're trying to pull a trick over you and say, you know, fudging the, the numbers, I'm sure you no. would catch it. <laughs> Every they don't know that. Truthful V, I don't know where that comes from. <laughs> oh man, I've I've seen people who who hire bodies just to fill the the vacancy. You know, well, it, it was funny because you talk about that. So we actually got tipped off on our apartment complex that the seller and this happens. You know, there's other people, but it's like you know, one's like watch out. You know, he's he's unscrupulous. You know. And he's, you know, old curmudgeon. He's very unscrupulous. So we, we actually priced that in, in our underwriting. We stress tested it to like a 20% vacancy day one, day one. Mm-hmm. And guess what happened? We found out 20 people that we actually did a stopple. We had the property manager go through and do this stop on every yeah. single minute. And actually not every single one, but about half of them. Uh-huh. And we had basically 20% move out um, that weren't actually paying. <laughs> so oh, wow. Paying so, you, you know, these people come to us going, I mean, this why are you underwriting for vacancy? This thing's hundred percent occupied. This thing's been hundred percent occupied for forever. <laughs> and we're we're just gonna buy it. It's gonna be hundred percent occupied. We're also gonna go improve it. It's like you realize when you actually go tear stuff up, people are gonna move out, right? Mm-hmm. And they're not gonna pay. And then the second thing is 
if you see like the occupancy increase when you do your historicals T6, you know, T12, mm-hmm. usually means that they're just stuffing bodies in there and saying that they're paying. Doesn't yep. mean it actually happens, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And for our audience listening, not familiar with uh, Stoppel, could you explain that real quick? Yeah, basically, you have somebody like sign a certificate saying, "This is, hey, V, you're you're renting um, unit A25. It says here that you're paying six twenty five a month. Just want to confirm that's actually correct." And then I say yes or no. That's all. Mm -hmm. You go. Some people go, "Huh? I got to pay rent." Like, (laughs) (laughs) now, um, now, Billy, in in your career, what's the most creative deal you were able to close? Oh, I love this one. Um, this is fantastic. So first off, lenders hate vacant businesses. <laughs> they don't like stuff. It isn't cash flow again, investment. It doesn't, you know, they don't want to lend on it. So they client come to us, actually lives here in, in Nashville. Super nice guy, very experienced. They found a vacant self storage in Memphis. Vacant in Memphis? Vacant in Memphis. Oh, wow. Okay. I know. Like I mean, I know you're surprised lenders wouldn't jump all over this thing. In like a hundred and some years, this guy just had his like friends stuck, you know, you know, stick motorcycles and whatever. And there is just his little, is a place to store his toys, but he wanted to sell. And they actually, again, here's number one. You actually, they bought it right. Say so they bought it for less than the tax value and they had the ability to go improve it. The, the fundamentals were there as far as like, they didn't have to go build on anything. It was already, a lot of these things were already ready to go. Just change some locks and, and they're off. So they actually bought it less than tax value and they were having trouble raising money to go pay for cash. It's like, well, why would you do that? Like I've got a private bridge lender over here that will just bridge that thing. We actually did a hundred percent financing on it because they got it for lower than, than what the tax value was. They used the money that they raised for the improvements. So they ran it. I don't know exact numbers is pretty close to about 450,000. Mm-hmm. Um, it took them four months to get this thing leased up. We refinanced it with an SBA loan, paid back the loan, paid back the investors and put like a hundred thousand dollars in their pocket. Wow. That's a good deal. Yeah. And it just cash flows like, you know what? So four (laughs) months, you know, from that and they have no money into it. They got money out of it and it's still worth, I think the pro, the, um, um, the as completed appraisal once they got it up and running was something like 1.4 million and they may be like 40% you know, loan to value right now. So they got room to go once it gets a little more seasoning, probably another mm-hmm. year or so. Um, then we can probably refinance, pull some more money out of that. Cause that's just a, you know, it's a cash cow. So those are funds where you actually can kind of get the moving rise, but it all starts with, you know, you got experienced buyers buying things right. And they see the opportunity. There's a, there's a big lift upside there that you can go partner with lenders on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the great that, thing about and that's really important what you just said there is the lender is your partner the, your biggest partner the lender's your friend i mean <laughs> and they don't take any upside they, they don't take the equity they just take the they just want the debt yep, you know? debt partner they're they're your biggest debt partner don't don't uh go bad mouth <laughs> um now do you work do you do any new construction loans um okay and this is just like a, a personal interest of mine. Do you have any products that loans for like say land purchase and uh, development of apartments that build by containers? Oh, the container thing has been a very <laughs> interesting thing. So right now 
you get into like everything's great until you said containers. Uh, <laughs> doesn't really like containers. Um, they haven't got into that yet. They're leaning, they're discussing, they're looking, and then COVID happened. Like no, we just want sticks and bricks. Um, <laughs> so you've got th- those are going to be the ones where it's the localized lenders that want to do that. Uh, we actually have a container development here. It's condos that that went over fairly well, but um, I know there's a lot of people looking at the container container things. I mean, I was looking at containers for you know another project, but. Um, it's um, there. It's it's a it's a hot action item right now. There, I do have lenders that are open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to kind of localize, but um, the 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 land side of it um, again goes back to the lender. You know, if they like it or not, they're they're, they're going to be lenders. You know, so it's, they want to take down maybe you know fifty percent of that land. Mm-hmm. See some experienced builders, and it's it's all experience. And, and that's thing that you guys need to, you know, the people listening is saying is, you've got to have experience. If you don't have experience, borrow it. And if you found the deal and it's a good deal, you don't have the experience. I'm talking like solid experience doing whatever it is. Go borrow that. Bring somebody on your team because lenders don't want to work with don't want to work with rookies right now. They want to work with only experienced people. Be as solid as you can with your team. That is one of the biggest differences that people don't understand when they go from you know, the Fannie Freddie mortgage world to commercial world is Fannie Freddie stuff is like individual. Like, what do you guys make? Okay, great. Cool. Goodbye. The same commercial is who's your team. Right. And and more, more or less the, the Fannie Freddie side on the single family home, um, they can come after you. Those are, you are, you know, you, you basically sign for the loan yourself unless you go portfolio then that's, that's different. Um, but then the commercial side, a lot of them are non-recourse loans, the, the Freddie loans, um, then they want experience. <laughs> they want experience. These things are, you know, they want experienced teams. There's a whole list of stuff there. We'll get into, you know, maybe another podcast there, but they want experience. Mm-hmm. Um, the non-recourse part is, is nice. You know, there's bad boy carve outs, you know, yep. so you can't lie. But um, for most everything is like they're, you're, they're lending on a business and the business is real estate. Um, but that's just, you you know, you're, you can't do that on a million dollar deal. It's probably, you know, two and three million above, unless it's an apartment deal, then you mm-hmm. get some, some non-recourse stuff. Right. Right. Now, um, walk me through what's going on in the commercial lending world right now. Uh, no interest rate is kind of low, but underwriting is also uh, tougher. So what kind of debt coverage ratio ratio are you looking for? Well, let me throw on my attorney hat here and say, it depends. <laughs> <laughs> Which asset are we talking about here? Um, um, well, let's just go from asset to asset, let's just go A, B, and C. So, so right now, I mean, the CMBS world, the the last I saw, and I haven't checked it recently, but actually Office had less delinquencies than apartments. Really? Wow. Yeah. So, well, I mean, we couldn't, we couldn't evict anyone. Yeah. Can't evict anyone. Uh, but no, as far as collections from the lender side, you know, they're, they're collecting money. Right. Um, well, we have no money to pay. I know, not now. You know, that's that's the other thing. They're, they're kind of waiting until September, October to see what's actually going to happen um, with everything else. But the you know, office, light industrial, and multifamily, you're still pretty strong. Office is probably going to go up to like a one, you know, three ish. You know, depending on the size. That's the smaller the size of office, the the higher the debt service ratio going to be. Uh, again, same thing in the markets on the on the multifamily. Um, you know, one two for larger larger properties and larger metros. You know, one three, one three five, one four, and the smaller, smaller property, smaller metros. Um, I always try to stress test everything like a one four, see what that looks like. 
Yeah. Because sellers lie <laughs> on your collections. And things happen. Yeah. Oh. One three is my uh, safety number, my sleep number. Below that, I'll be like, oh, come on. I don't want to touch this. No, you don't. You really don't. I mean, that's the bare minimum. I mean, you know, that's a that's three people moving out, four people moving out. All of a sudden, there's your cash flow. So it's, it's I you know, we, we Victor Menage always says, I'm patient. You know, like fat profits. And I'll be patient for fat profits. The people that are going off skinny stuff. And again, I'm guilty of going out the skinny stuff. It's like, oh, we can go do this. Oh, my gosh, the giant big headache. And you lose so much sleep. Don't do it. <laughs> There's plenty of profitable deals out there. You just got to know how to find them and know, know how to negotiate them right. right. Uh, uh, what else is a light industrial? Obviously, is just hot commodity right now. I mean, the cap rates really dropped because of, you know, Amazon's buying everything. So, you know, if you got longer leases on that thing, you can get low, um, get away with some lower debt servicing. The um, hospitality. Oh. I don't know where it's going to go. I mean, is everyone as soon as this ends is going to go on vacation? I mean, I'm going to like, yeah. you know, we're, we're going, um, but when's it going to end? How long is it? I don't know. So good luck finding something they, or a lot of hotels going to be like repositioned into senior assisted living and they're going to be positioned into micro housing. I, I don't know. Um, uh, what else am I missing on asset classes? Um, assisted living, senior living, good luck. <laughs> so, you know, um, Honestly, good luck. I mean, the, the same thing like hospitality. Like they're the hardest hit for COVID. Not the, not the smaller one, but the the big one, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. How how about um, self storage? Self storage is always solid. Um, you get lots of lending there. And then, you know, they always say it's recession proof. I don't really think that it is recession proof. People have stuff. We have stuff items. We have a lot of stuff we just don't get rid of. Um, for yeah. whatever reason they're in, you know, you downsize, you gotta go put your stuff someplace cause you go to buy a smaller house. You get, you know, fired, you get grandma's, I don't mean. I mean it's it, recession proof in a sense that you still, as the owner, you will still get paid through auction, but then you will have an empty unit. You know, in, in tough time, I don't, I don't think people will still put stuff out there. I mean, they just, they just don't, they just rather toss them away. Yeah, somebody said um, they did some kind of survey for like senior adults and kids. Like, what's the, what's the most valuable thing? No one wants grandma's furniture. It's not right. <laughs> you used to like love your grandma's furniture, and this is kind of my age. Like, oh my gosh, I love my grandma's furniture. That that, that kitchen table and like everything does a is a piece that you invest in those pieces. You know, younger kids don't care. I mean, the things that are valuable now are you know guns and and uh, precious metals. That's all right. value. No. Or unless you are unless you are someone like Gary Vee, where you want to go buy that stuff and then sell them on eBay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, he he you know for a while he still, you know, he did that yeah. for his show, but I don't I don't know if he's still doing that now. Um now as far as the money for reserve, uh, how much are, are they requiring now? Is it 12 months of reserve? So again, depends on the on the market size and the the investor and obviously the size of the, the investment. Twelve months is where they're at right now on the Fannie Freddie um, multifamily. Obviously, the bigger projects um, less on the smaller projects more. So just coming to that, if and I'll, I'll preface this, I, I had actually a lender here I talked to. They're doing some smaller stuff for some workforce housing, and she was a little apologetic for having 
the people escrow three months reserves. And I just let in there and go, if you have any borrower that objects to that, you have them call me. They're idiots. Seriously, if you don't have six to 12 months reserves someplace, who the hell cares where it's at? If the lender has, it, if you prepay 12 months, big freaking deal. This is a new era. We don't know what's about to happen. We had, we've been predicting a recession and then COVID hit and forced a recession. I don't think we're going to be out of this recession for a while. You need to have plenty of reserves to be able to, to be in a, a true professional investor. This ain't a single family house where you can go, like, hey, I've got a thousand bucks, so, you know, sitting around my mercy fund, I can go use it for a, a payment or their, you know, security deposit or whatever, good for a couple months. You're talking, you know, 15, 20,000, you know, or more for, you know, mortgage payments. You need to have that in reserves because that is, that is a big hit, not only for you, but for the lender and the other people that are living in an apartment complex. You, it's you are the steward of that for them to make that sure that is great housing. You take that, you know, very personally. You don't provide crappy housing to people. You know, people deserve better. So you're a steward of that. You start, you know, falling behind on stuff and you start um, dropping down your repairs and all that. You start losing tenants. You start losing confidence. Valuation, your property goes down. Your investors are ticked off at you. Raise extra money for your reserves. You know, 12 months is probably the minimum for for a um, any anything out there. And I may even go 18 months of some bigger stuff. Um, at what point would you start going 18 months? Like how many units? 100 plus? Really depends on the the the, the repositioning of the property. If it's already you know if it's already there as far as occupancy, then you probably only need 12 months. But if you're like you've, you've got to move it and you've got to do some major repositioning, then I would mm -hmm. get months because you're you're obviously not going to cash flow probably the first half of the of ownership because you got to go redo everything. So have plenty of reserves. You always get the money back to your, your investors. But just just have it there because shocking. Um, con construction projects actually take longer and cost more money. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, man. You guys have man. never experienced that. It's like, oh, yeah, my contractor's great. He always finishes on time. Bull crap. Uh, the secret's out. You're not supposed to say that. <laughs> they always go longer. It always costs more. And it's never their fault, right? Sure. <laughs> um, but also, I mean, here's the thing. Also, you keep in mind, you, there's going to be a massive amount of the cost to do things in the next few months, six to 12 months is going to go up a lot. We're, we're in you know hurricane season right now. So your lumber is going to go up. Your drywall is going to go up. I mean, nails going to go up. Contractors going to go up because like Nashville, I mean, they're actually paying painters bonuses and pulling them off other, other projects here because they needed them. I mean, these painters are driving, driving around nicer cars than I am. <laughs> because they're, they're skilled labor. You got to have them. There's so much demand there. You need to need that. So your cost to go do the labor and do the, the hammering and everything else is, is going to go up each and every month. So I don't think it's like today's price is going to match like seven or 12 months from now. You got to budget in a decent size increase, maybe 20% even. Yeah. I mean, definitely. We, Whenever you are taking down a project, just make sure you are well capitalized. You have enough money in your operating account to, you know, just weather the storm, basically. Yep. No one knows what's going on. No, no. And if you're, if you're a wise investor, you buy something that's, that's mismanaged to be able to go improve it, to improve the valuation and all that. So you've got that, that lag time, one to two years, sometimes three years. 
that's where you need those reserves. Once you get to reach that stabilization point where at market rates, your property, all the CapEx is done, the capital expenditures are done on the property, and you've got your team in place, then you can start looking at, okay, we don't need these as, as much reserves. We need to return those, those um, um, that capital to our investors. But the, the investors, I mean, I've actually got built into my operating agreement for our offices, and this is kind of different asset class, but we had a seven-year lease it's like year seven, unless they unless they've renewed, we're not doing any distributions at all for the that last year. It's like we're we're hoarding that until we can actually find a tenant, you know, retenant this thing. So it, it repairs happen, vacancies happen. You got to prepare for it. Exactly. Um, now, the commercial lendings are low different than the single family home lending in the sense that based on experience, based on the team and the cash flow of the property you're buying. Yep. Um, and my from my experience. The smaller stuff, the from five to fifty units, those are even tougher to to finance. Anything change in the underwriting and requirement in that world? No, it's always gonna be tougher. Um, and it's basically because you're dealing with the, the the lending. So the lenders, anything above like you know, well, let's, let's back up. So agency debt says they'll do a million and above, but they're really it's right now it's probably two million and above. They don't want to deal with the small stuff right now. Hmm. Don't have it, it. They make twice as much money doing the 2 million than the 1 million, obviously. Mm-hmm. So why go mess with it? There's plenty of deals out there that make sense. And those 2 million actually attract the, and up, attract the more experienced investors. So work with that. So they, they do that. So anything less than that, you go into a depository lenders, maybe CMBS, same thing happens as far as the experience levels. But you're, the slower you go down, the less experienced lenders that you have and the less options you're going to have it's always going to be like, okay, well, if you're buying a half a million dollar something or other, you're dealing with the low guy on the totem pole at the bank, which means like full on everything. They're going to unwrite this thing. Like you're subsidizing it and they're going to look at everything, everything, everything. And your rates are going to suck and the process is going to suck. And it's just going to be just painful. Mm-hmm. It's much, much easier to go to get a 50 unit. And it is easy, even easier to go get a hundred unit. And it's even easier to go get a 200 unit. So if you got to go recruit to a team, you got to actually go raise the money. Why not go bigger? Exactly. And I, I found that out a hard way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, my first building was in eight, eight units and uh, oh, went God. to uh, U.S. Bank. And they, just, oh, <laughs> they straight Sorry. up told me, come back when you have something with a million. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm surprised it's at a million. Um, yeah, they're, they're a little bit higher now. Um, uh, this was uh, 2011. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> They'll take that. Yeah. Um, some of these bigger banks, you know, in, in for those that are watching the the bigger banks, you know, your um, U.S. banks, Bank of America's, Chase's, and those guys, five million is usually their minimum uh, to to get in there. And by then, they probably know you. They're mm-hmm. very very picky. Uh, you got to go to the community banks, the regional banks. Um, so go go pick those guys out and go talk to talk to them. Yeah, man. Now let's change the subject a little bit. Um, I I know you're getting you're actually getting a CCIM designation. Um, certified commercial investment member, which is um, a great designation to have. It's almost like a PhD, <laughs> uh, not something easy to get. But as a lender, why do you think that you would need to get it? What's the what's the benefit there? I wasn't doing it for a lender. I was doing it for the investor. <laughs> seriously, I mean, I, I seriously, think about this. Well, who is who is in there? A whole bunch of new realtors, commercial realtors. If they know what I want and they respect me because I'm a lender and right. a lender, and I say, hey, 
anything you got off market shop by me first. Yeah. A giant. I mean, every class I do, I got 50 new realtors that are like sending me stuff, sending me stuff, sending me stuff. Um, so your, your pipeline of deals is never ending. Now the, 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 the added benefit is, you know, as a lender, you're, you're elevating the status of the, of the realtors, which is good. Right. Um, they also give you a ton of tools. Um, that's a, that's amazing. Um, but you're searchable. I mean, you know, to be able to have that designation of CCIM, you really know what you're talking about. Um, and, and there's some stuff there. I, I just, I don't feel like I'm conversational in and wasn't until I took the class and I'm like, you know, this last one was on leasing. I'm an investor. What the hell would I lease? Like I want to buy the damn building. Right. <laughs> you know, like they, you get deprogram yourself from that. That's last one, the, the 103 and like go into this like, owner occupied world. And I'm like, I don't like this world. I want to own. Like it's just, but actually, you know, having having that, and when, whenever you send out an LOI and you sign, you know, Billy Brown CCIM, they're gonna look at you and like, oh crap, this guy know what he's talking about. Well, I always love it when, well, back when we're actually looking at deals, and they send me the OEM, then I send them back the the CCIM spreadsheet, the discounted cash analysis, and I just send snapshots. It has CCIM at the top, and like, here's what it looks like. Like, so you said. V, you sent me this deal. He said it was a 10 cap. I entered the information you had, and I'm showing it's a three cap. Where did I go wrong? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Funny how those guys don't email you back, but it's like, you know, I'm really interested in this thing, but you're not, you, I just, I want to understand your numbers here. How did you actually come up with this? Because here's what I got. Are there anything in here that, that's wrong? And, um, and, and that's always the fun one. You're like, man, just learn how to learn how to calculate cap rate, learn how to calculate cash on cash, man, learn how to calculate NOI. If all you do is learn how to calculate NOI the right way, mm-hmm. you will be fine. Fantastic. You'll be way ahead of everybody else. You know? Anyway, but uh, the, the CCIM designation is, is amazing just because of the insights. Um, the, the go in, they're valuable. It's one, it costs a lot, but it's very valuable. So how Amazon landed in Nashville was because the, one of the guys here took a CCM class up in New York and met a guy that actually got the, the Amazon. No, it wasn't Amazon. It was, um, it was um, uh, um, Alliance Bernstein, which is a big stock trading company. So he didn't know anybody in Nashville except for this one guy. So they basically got the co-brokerage of this thing and they brought, you know, 1500 people down here. So okay, 1500 people. So it's massive if you're, if you're a broker, um, but as an investor, I mean, it's even better these classes, because again, these guys are, they have the, they're going to be doing the groundwork for you if they know what you want. And sometimes I want list stuff like, Hey, it's in my back pocket. And they know that you're an investor. They know what you want. They, don't, they like you. They'll, they'll help you out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, from the scenario that you were talking about, if I send in the same email with my spreadsheet and you send it in with the CCIM, they're going to look at you like, you know, you know what you're talking about. And then they look at me like, V, you're smoking something. You live in Denver. Quit smoking. <laughs> Quit smoking, man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, man. But so, even, um, credibility. Credibility is big in this world. You, you, you hate to say it, but you're like, man, it's, it's, you got to know what you're doing. You got to be able to talk the language. You got to be able to back it up, you know, and having just a simple Excel file and it's, you know, CCM gives it to you. Then, you know, you can go pay for the class and just that class to get that Excel sheets, maybe cost you $250 to know how to use it, which is not much. Um, just elevates you in the, in the eyes of most people. And this is something that anyone can take. 
Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I think you have to have certain transaction volume to get the CCIM, right? Yeah, the CCIM designation, but okay, just okay. The yeah, the class you can take. The class you anyone can take class. Right, right. Yeah, they came on all the time. There's plenty. Of, there's they did one on CNBS um, post COVID that was fantastic by a lady. And I was like, oh, I learned a lot there. Like, here's just <laughs> <laughs> gonna go into into um, receivership. It's like, okay, what? Uh, how do I go? How do I go take a, take over these deals? You know, from these people that are in trouble, and and um, they kind of went through, you know, dissected it, and like, well, here's what you got to do. It's like, ah, crap, you got to know somebody's in trouble, and. That's a lot of work. I'll just go do some. <laughs> yeah, find something easier. Man, I I appreciate your time on the show today, Billy. Um, thank you very much. Could you tell us about the new book that you have coming out and uh, the commercial loan accelerator program? Yeah. So two different things. So the the first one is the the book called Success Habits of Super Achievers. Uh, it's going to be released very, very soon. So stay tuned, look on Amazon. Um, maybe I should be available right now. But starting this weekend, we'll start releasing it out. But I'm actually in the in the book with the, the co-host of the Real Estate Guys, Robert Helms, Seth Mosley. Uh, we've got uh, Darren Hardy, get the lead singer, rock guys out there, lead um, guitarist for, not lead singer, guitarist for Def Leppard, uh, Phil Collin. Um, many other fantastic people like Les Brown, great, great leaders, about 80 stories in there. Anna Kelly's in there. Um, it's, it's amazing who's in there. So I got to be one of those, uh, one of those people, but, you know, sharing my story from former professional golfer to, you know, owner of investors capital group and, you know, my new golf, uh, the golf sanctuary. So how that worked. And then the, the loan accelerator, I mean, we don't have time for this one, but basically what we did was we, we said, you know what, people need more, more than a loan broker. They need education. We provide along the ways, but I can only do like so many of these things. Like I get, get inside my head, like, Hey, Billy, let me take you to lunch. And actually, you know, let me show you the deals. And man, I, if, if I went to lunch with everybody had requested, I'd be fat and broke. <laughs> you know, it's like, I appreciate it. I love you, but I can't go do this. So we actually created, I got an ebook out. And again, the whole, the whole idea of the ebook is a recession lending titans. Don't be the exception, be what the lenders want. And this is what teaches you what the commercial lenders want and why it's different than, than residential. And then we actually have a course that is a video porthole right now. We're up to 25 or 26 videos. And it's just it emails to you. It's paid. Yes. Yeah, so you got to pay for it. And but it's from the comfort of your own home. It's emailed to you every single day in four little modules at a time. They're about eight to 10 minutes each. Four C's of lending, how to fill out a personal financial statement, how to fill out a schedule release state own, um, you know, why teams matter for commercial lenders, basically taking behind the scenes of what lenders actually want to lend on and why, so you can become it. How to underwrite your deals like, an, like a commercial lender would, because they're bringing the money. Why not learn that? Why should you want to learn what they want to go do? How to actually, my, my favorite one is I, was, I shared how to broker your own loan. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, I tell everybody, it's like, I want to share you exactly what I do. And I want to tell you where to find the lenders, but you're still going to hire me. Yeah. And here's why. There's going to be some people that are DIY and be like, hey, here's how you go do it. Um, but then the accelerator is, you know, we actually, when we do the loans, we actually send out a checklist for everything. Like, hey, V, you're going to buy this thing. Here's your checklist of stuff we need. Uh, to be able to go get to the lender to underwrite all those things. So it's the ingredients. And we left up the baking, so to speak, you know, for the lender to go do themselves. A lot of stuff we kind of know, but like the community bank stuff, we don't really know what each lender does. And that wouldn't get us very far. It was very, very difficult because it's still a batch of documents the lender has to sort through to go get it 
you know, get their loan memo together. And it's very archaic in commercial lending if, in community banks if you ever dealt with them. It's very still manual. So what you actually did is actually create a loan accelerator program, which is taking this Excel sheet, taking all your documents. We have actually a commercial um, loan underwriter, senior loan underwriter helped me develop this thing. It takes you and underwrites you the exact way a community, community bank would and fills out all the data points. And we have conversations about who you need on our team. Where's your mitigating, what's the, where's your Achilles heel on this thing? What's the lenders going to ask? So you're actually, you're kind of like that pre-trial. You actually go through this and you see how a lender's going to look at you before you actually go do it. This is yours to go shop around. And when you talk to a lender, actually we tell you how to go do it to go shop this thing around. When you talk to that lender, when you send that email, it's an Excel sheet with everything in it. In 30 to seconds to one minute, they're going to be able to tell you if you, they do the loan or not. Every single data point they need to go fill the loan memo is there. Everything about the loan request is there, including a pro forma for the asset that, that you're uh, wanting lending on. And actually, so how do we how do we get this uh, this program? Yep. So it's um, just email me, billy at billybrown.me. Uh, send it out to me. It's, it's brand new. So we got it. We're getting it pretty right now. And then it's on the portal. Actually, anyone that actually uh, uh, buys this, the portal, um, it's lifetime access, by the way. Uh, we'll get that. We'll do the interview on that and showing people how to use it because there are people actually the DIY. I know how to fill Excel sheet. You just tell me how to go do it. Okay. Well, here it is. You know, <laughs> here's the Excel sheet. All the templates are there. Here it is. We'll show you how to use it. But then people are like, screw this, just do it for me. <laughs> and that's what we got to. So obviously it's paid. But um, the, the cool thing is we we actually credit this back fee. So anyone actually goes through this, we have five hours of coaching that comes with it, with our team as an investor and lender. Pretty cool. Um, we actually credit that entire thing back if they close a loan with us in six months. So, so you kill two birds in one stone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, Man. The biggest thing that, that people don't understand is they they know they've been taught from whatever gurus out there on like, hey, go buy this asset. This is what this asset is. You should go do this. They forget about the lending and they don't realize that they're that's the biggest part of it. It's like, well, we take care of that. Wouldn't you want to know? You know, when would you know where you need to recruit? What kind of how much money you need? What kind of reserves you need before you actually go there and actually be able to talk to a lender the way a lender wants to be talked to? If the first question out of your mouth is what are your rates? You're done. You're actually done. Right. I was like, Linda, that's the last question you should ask. There's 25 other questions that you're interviewing the lender for. And as soon as you ask those questions and we teach them how to do that, you're going to like, you're elevated. You provide that, those questions along with the, the data behind it. Mm -hmm. Lenders will fight over you. And commercial lenders are millionaire makers. Oh yeah. They're, no doubt. No doubt. They're, they're not there to, you know, mama whack you on the head. They have money. They have lots of money. They want to go lend. They have to go lend this. They're looking for great people. If you're one of those people, it makes their life so much easier. And they also know stuff. They know the people that are behind on their loans that mm -hmm. need rescuing. Troubled yeah. assets, you know. <laughs> hey, can you introduce me to the troubled assets department? Yeah, that's, that's if they know that. That's, that's coming up. That's huge. Yes, it will be. Mm-hmm. You know, I hate to say it's a good old boy network, but it's a good old boy network. And if you're one of the good old boys or girls, mm -hmm. uh, they're going to take care of you. So learn how to be that. Don't fight them. They fight them and word gets around. Like, you don't deal with that jerk. Yeah. Learn the lingo, join the network. Yeah. Now, um, <laughs> terrific, man. One last question for you uh, before I let you go. Who is your favorite golfer and what do you like about that person? Ooh, favorite golfer. 
Um, man, who is it right now that I love? I love Colin Morikawa. I just love how he plays right now. Very, very fearless. And I love Xander Shoffley. Just really love how they're young, they're aggressive, they're just they're they're fearless. I love how fearless they are. So those two right there are, are the ones I really like to watch. Um, but I'm I'm old. I I, I know Tiger. So you know no Tiger, no Phil. Those you know no Justin Leonard. Those guys. So I'm, a, I'm you, a, you could have been Tiger. Yeah, yeah. yeah but everyone else like that. I love these young guns. They're just uh, they bomb it and uh, they're fearless. It's cool. Did, I'm I'm curious. Did you ever play any tournament professional? Yeah. A PJ tour? No, I didn't get that far. No, I, I spent many, many tours. Spent a lot of money down there. The, 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 the pond sucking <laughs> tours, you know, I play courses like Heather run golf and fish club. Uh, you learn how to go play golf um, mm -hmm. on tracks like that and played in West Nebraska and, and burned a lot of money, you know? Yeah. It's like investors. I try to chase down those little, you know, small deals. I chase down those small tournaments and waste a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> don't chase the small stuff, man. Where are you out? Yeah, just go pro, man. Hey, man, I, I appreciate your time today. I, I love talking to you. I learned a lot of stuff. Thank you so much for your time. V, thanks so much. Let's do it again. We got uh, plenty more topics to cover. Yeah, we do, man. Appreciate it. And that's a wrap. I hope you have enjoyed this episode with Mr. Billy Brown. Reach out to him, billy at billybrown.me. Make sure to check out his books on Amazon, Success Habits of Super Achievers. And also, I just want to say happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Happy, happy Thanksgiving. Um, there's not going to be an episode next week, weeks of Thanksgiving. I hope you, if you're traveling, travel safe. And um, let's come back and, you know, be refreshed, relaxed. And December, we will have to um, wrap up the year. Let's just sit down and define some goals for next year. And I hope everyone will crush it in 2021. And frankly, I don't know how about you, but I'm ready to wipe out 2020. That's the end of the show. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a five stars rating and review on iTunes for the Real Estate Lab podcast. Until next time, have a prolific week.